Hello, and welcome to Horrorsperia. My name is May. And I'm Clinton. And thank you so much for joining us today. You are here, and we are here for the season premiere of season two. Yes. We, we made it. We did make it. We had such a good first season. We did... 13 episodes, wow, I think. Wow, that's a lot. Is that true? Yeah, we had nine official episodes, okay. and then we had about four bonus pods. Huh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's some content right there. It is some content, and we the last time we did this, we it was June. Uh, Darko had just died. I was not in a good place. And then we kind of took the summer to just be people. Yes, after our life of celebrity and fast lane living, um, yeah, I had a. I had, we both went out of the country, right? Well, you go first. I don't think I went out of the country. I went to Canada officially. Oh, you went to Canada? Yeah, you went to Canada. Yeah, I went Didn't nowhere. Go- Thanks. <laughs> Spain was before. I did go to Spain. Yeah, but that was. Well, I don't even remember that. That was, was fall, in May? Something. Oh. May, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> the fall in May. Yeah, even. sure. Okay. Um, yeah, but no, you. so you went to Canada. Do you want to tell what happened in Canada? I, I saw my favorite band, The Killers, and it was incredible. I had never thought I would ever go to Canada, let alone drive. So I drove through like the East Midwest, the okay. Eastern part of the Midwest. And that was fun. That was a lot of fun. We've seen a lot of movies together. We have. Well, once uh, backing up about Canada, did you hear some French along your travels? I saw some signs in French and that was a bit like interesting. Mm -hmm. But um, no, not not as much as you would expect. But with Justin Trudeau's blackface scandal. (laughs) Jump into today's news. I've been noticing like so many Canadian outlets do their interviews in French and he would like switch off and that that freaks me out. Switch off French? Like, yeah, like he would speak to someone in English and the Uh next sentence would be in French and I'd be like, man, Canada is weird. Yeah. yeah. But Canada was one of the best places I've ever been to. I really want to go to Toronto. Um, We went to Windsor and Canadians are so funny because they're like, Windsor is not a good area and I was like okay all right I guess thanks for warning me and you go to Windsor and I think what Canadians think by not a good area is that there's nothing to do because it's just like dive bars and then the Caesars Casino so there's a Caesars like the one in Vegas Uh and Windsor and Windsor's just really apparently known for people in Detroit to hop over the river and go to the casino and gamble and okay, smoke okay. weed. So you're like, into that shit. I mean, you're an academic, but you're can also... You calm down? Yeah, you're into that. Season hey. two, filters off. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, no, it was it was honestly really awesome. I really yeah. really enjoyed Canada. Canada was super great, and we've had a lot of fun watching a lot of movies we together. Have, we have, and actually, before our break for the season, um, I saw a Canadian movie on your um. Yeah, we were gonna do a queer horror episode, which we'll probably still do. It's the long lost episode. It is the long lost episode, but yeah. So yeah, th- there is um, and maybe even do a Canada episode. We talked about doing. Yeah, a we've talked episode. about. Yeah, we've represented Canada a few times with the Brood and Ginger Snaps. Yeah, Canada. 
Toronto. That's why I want to visit Toronto. Toronto has a really strong horror community. A lot of our friends that we've even met online are from Toronto uh, through the horror connection. So for real, we love Canada here. Cool. Pro Canada podcast. Yeah, all right. F Justin Trudeau though. Yeah, now he's he don't up. vote conservative, but F Justin Trudeau. <laughs> all right, I like that. Yeah, and uh, what about you? I feel like I've just been. Yeah, well, so my big life news is that I finally I've been living in D.C. for 11, 12 years, something like that, and I finally did what I never thought I'd be able to do, which is move in on my own. So I no longer have three roommates. Let's hold for applause. Great, great. Um, and yeah, so now I live in a apartment, and the only reason I could afford it is because it's a cooperative. So, uh, in the seventies, the the owners of the apartment tried to kick everybody out, and they all rebelled, and um, and I get to benefit from that. So That's that great. Feels good to you know, kind of get to live your values a little bit. Yeah, and feel like you're cheating the system. And yeah, the cis white the male wins again. Well, hey. <laughs> I, you know, it it does open. Um, well, yeah, it's it's a great <laughs> no, that's great, thing. great. And I it's encourage everyone to co-op, yeah. kick out your landlords, and make it your own. Yeah, his place is really cute. It's it's in a really nice part of DC. I also moved last time we did this. I hadn't moved yeah. yet. We're in the new studio. Yeah, we're in the new studio. We're technically a new studio. Great neighbors. Sparrow is three times the size. And he now was. Sparrow, for those who maybe forget or Sparrow's didn't my last, new cat. New cat. Yes. And, and he's a big boy now. He's a really big boy. He started out a small little fella. Yeah. And he, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, grew. He grew. Congrats. He grew into his features, I think. <laughs> yeah. People so. used to say that about me. So I think I that's I think you're still growing into I'm, that. <laughs> Thank you. That's that could be a compliment. All right. I'd rather than a than a withering flower. I I'd, I'd rather be on the upswing. I'm the withering flower. <laughs> no, and uh school started. Yes. So classes are going great. Maybe my students will be listening to this. So students, if you're listening, hey guys. Yeah. Awesome. I teach at Catholic University and George Mason now. So it's been really good getting back into it. And I also teach video production now. So I'm teaching them auditions. So it's really fun to audition is a computer program. Yeah. The one that we're using right now to oh, record plug is anchor <laughs> going to be uh, mad about this. <laughs> Yeah, anchor can you please get us in touch with adobe <laughs> right no but it's been it's been really good so far and i'm so glad to start a new season with you yeah. we're gonna try some new stuff and we thought you know season two premiere we want to kind of do something to bring everyone back and one thing that we haven't done yet is really kind of done like a top 10 kind of thing we usually talk about themes and stuff like that but it's about to be October. This will probably be released the first or second week of October. And we think it's time to do some top 10 favorites. Whoa, yeah. So so today we're going to each share our top five favorite international horror movies. Exactly. So we're focusing on international for the international podcast. We probably will do an American one next. Okay. 
but we want to give some representation out. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of our whole deal, (laughs) you know? Yes, absolutely. So how did you decide for yours? So what I did was, I think you've seen more movies than me. So (laughs) I started with the, the movies that we've watched, that I've watched for this podcast. Fair. And I wrote them all down. And that was fun and a fun experience on its own. Okay. Um, And then I went through the list and I did, there are a couple movies that I didn't include because they weren't horror enough for what I wanted to be the top. My top five list is they have to be closer to horror. I'll just say the one I left off the list. Okay. The host. (laughs) Really? Yes. Because to me, that is more monster movie and it's a little closer to like more like godzilla than friday the 13th that's fair you'll probably be disappointed by one of my choices (laughs) yeah i also break my own rules uh with one of these but that's my thought process okay i mean that's fair you're trying i'm trying what did you do how did you do yours so i actually wanted to do films that we hadn't talked about yet because we've already talked about quite a few of my ultimates like a tale of two sisters is definitely so you didn't put that one on the list i didn't because i already did a bonus pod on it but i the thing is when when you tell people that you're a genre specialist, uh-huh. the thing that they love to focus on is always, what's your favorite horror movie? What's your yeah. favorite horror movie? Yeah. I just, I'm so sick of that. So you don't, right. Okay. So you want to so, give people some uh, gems. Yeah. Because every single time someone asks me that, I literally tell them, well, you, you know. The same thing. Yeah, right? And it's a question I get so often. So I usually tell them... It depends on my mood, right? No, it does. So I chose... A lot of these are definitely some of my top, top, tops. But I also try to choose things that I don't think get enough love. And sometimes, especially with our movies, we go by themes. Like, for example, one of these films I wanted to talk about for Giallo's but it technically isn't a giallo. I would have just introduced it as giallo adjacent. So Mm, I'm just really excited to talk about a whole bunch of different films. Cool. Kind of get us back in our groove. Yeah. And then, you know, it's spooky season. It is. Even though here in uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia, it's summer feeling. It's, We've had know, a long summer. Clinton says that, but Clinton doesn't remember that I'm from a tropical area. I don't remember. And this Where is, are you from? And this is already cooling down for me. Like, it's still 90 back home. So, I in don't Puerto know. In Puerto Rico or in Florida? Both. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's still, it's still really sticky wow. up there. It yeah. usually doesn't cool down to the 70s until Halloween. I, re- I That was always the litmus point because i would always like to wear halloween costumes but the halloween costumes tend to be really cheap and thin uh, right yeah and then yeah there's always like how do you dress appropriately has may ever wondered that to herself oh my god <laughs> these people only know me via pod oh we do want to mention something as well. Over the since the summer, we've been able to attract a lot of new listeners and we've gotten some feedback. So I want to give one shout out, a very special shout out to Charlie Hanning. He sent us an email saying that 
our pod on German expressionism helped him with a project that he had. And as a teacher, that makes me so happy, especially when I'm talking to my kids and I'm like, did you guys listen to the podcast about this topic? And they're like, no. They're like, oh, they just straight up say no. They won't yeah, even so give you the like. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't psych me out. They're like, but it's I, that might. It just might be like the modern day equivalent of like, have you listened to my mixtape kind of thing? You know. <laughs> I like, think, I think that's a fair point. But either way, Charlie, good to hear yeah, from you. Good man. Thank you for, uh, thank you for the for sending us some love yeah absolutely so don't forget we do have a website we love getting mail we love sending things back we like collaborating too if you're a horror person and you think you have an idea hit us up season two we want to do more interactive things fun things and still keep our same vibe so it's been a great start and i feel really blessed to do this with you all right awesome i'm, I'm excited to hear your top five <laughs> okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play a super cut of okay. all of our favorites together to kind of give everyone a taste and then we're just going to get right into it right cool so yeah listener you can kind of see if you can guess any of these movies coming up here and maybe you know who you think might have it on their list yeah that would actually be really fun that could be cool <laughs> okay so let's start more note my top five is in order so okay. i'm gonna give you my number five first this okay. is at the bottom of the list okay i'll try and do the same but i may not i don't know okay so yours will be you'll you'll, you'll let us know for number <laughs> five you're gonna hate this but it's uh sangre eterna sangre eterna si as your number eternal five? blood by what? jorge alguin Al alguin alguin uh, in Dos Mil Dos, 2002. Um, uh. This movie is currently sitting at a 4.4 4. 4 stars rating. 
out of 10 stars on IMDb's <laughs> user, whatever critic rating, whatever that is. Um, Who even yeah. votes on those? I know, well, you know, there's a, there's a whole culture. There's a whole I, movement. I They'll probably be in, maybe be in Horseperia. Don't give us a 4.4 <laughs> 4 out of 10. But, We're uh, not on IMDb. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But we talk about movies. Um, yeah, I, I, looking back, I had a lot of fun watching this movie twice. The twi- <laughs> I think this movie is, to do a quick review, um, I'm going to try to summarize it off the top of my head. I've only seen this movie twice. <laughs> only. <laughs> only. Uh, so, Chilean goth Matrix era teenagers. Matrix. Uh, playing role-playing games and just getting a little too deep into goth culture. Clinton really likes games, though. I think he he's probably like projecting some of Fair. this is conjecture. I, do like I, I also don't like games in movies. I don't like that crossover. But this movie is fun. It's campy. It's Was got it so fun? much flavor. So much. It's a time capsule. Of a period it's in time. It's definitely a time capsule. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, which makes it timeless, right? I mean. Does it? I, uh, How do you feel about the craft? Oh, you know, I haven't seen it in so long. But timeless. Sure. Okay, fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, soundtrack, great. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess I just had a lot of fun with it. I would watch it again. Definitely, it's a beer's kind of experience like a drinking game movie <laughs> massively a drinking game movie i uh, you need to watch it in spanish i did you didn't watch it in I spanish didn't. that's right that's right i, I forget because we found it in spanish it just doesn't have subtitles i think you could survive that's true. I, especially yeah. now that you know the story right now that i know the story um it would yeah. be kind of like a test of your comprehension skills that's for sure yeah i'd probably yeah i'd probably miss some but i've already seen it twice so I, how much could you miss <laughs> what did you think of sangre turn i mean uh i mean sangre i kind of know I really what you think never mind like, i don't care what you <laughs> it's you know I think it's a really fascinating cultural study. Like, we haven't done Latin American horror in my class yet, but I'm going to show them Sangre Interna because I think it definitely has a lot of merit for the Latin American movement, especially when there's not so many examples of Latin American films in the genre way. So I definitely respect it for what it symbolizes. And I definitely know that a lot of its shortcomings is usually sourced to the lack of resources that genre cinema even has in Latin America. But speaking objectively as a film, it's just not good. (laughs) To me, it's just not good. I I would rewatch it in Spanish to see if maybe I can gain some cultural. Yeah. Um, something from it because the dub really threw me off. The dub's really good. The yeah, dub's so I, bad. I see. The thing is, I, is now I love the dub that it would hurt me to to watch the original. <laughs> it would hurt you to participate in the actual. Exactly. I want to watch uh, the challenge, the most challenging version, which is the dub with the subtitles that are different from the dubbing. Um, you didn't survive was, ten minutes. I you know. Didn't ten minutes I think that is a, is a true. Uh, but it, it's a, it's interesting. I'm surprised that you liked it so yeah. much that you wanted know, to keep it. Too. Number five. Right. Okay, so that's 
So we'll we'll call that number ten because I think if that's on the list, oh, that has to be number me ten. Below you, okay. <laughs> I see how this works. Yeah. Okay. I think for my list, what I would put at number five is actually Battle Royale. All right. So Battle Royale. You have you ever seen Battle Royale? It's one of those classics that I missed. Okay, so Battle Royale is a 2000 Japanese film. It's horror adjacent. It's the only one on my list that I would call horror adjacent. Only, you know, it's funny. I saw this film, I think, in 2001. So I was about 10 or 11. I was really young when I saw it. I really was. I do remember that. Now, how did... Did you see it in a theater? Did you see it on video? No, I didn't see it. I saw it in video. So okay. it was, yeah, it was really beginning of the internet. I, I actually don't want to lie. Did you download it? I'm pretty sure I was 13. No, I watched it. I had a couple of online friends at the time. There were also teenage girls that liked horror sure films. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm not going to lie to you. The, my first friends online were not teenage girls. Yeah. They were grown men i would always lie about my age online oh my god i would always say that i was 25 yeah oh wow but mainly because i i realized as soon as i went into those chat rooms that everyone was so much older and i knew even as a 13 year old i knew that me saying i was 13 was weird yeah but i didn't have yeah i didn't have friends in school i was a really big loner i grew up as an only child so I went online. That's how I really got into movies first, just going into MSN chat rooms. Eventually, I did legitimately find some other teenage girls, and one of them had told me about Battle Royale. So I think by then, it was 2004, so it had been a couple of years after mm. Battle, uh, it had been released, and Battle Royale was a really big phenomenon yeah. when it was released. I mean, so much so that it's pretty unanimous that Suzanne Collins, the woman who wrote the Hunger Games novels, directly ripped off the story of the Hunger Games from Battle Royale. But I think that that's important to mention because when I was 13, the Hunger Games wasn't yet a thing. So to me, Battle Royale was truly like a deep horror film because Battle Royale, for those that don't know, is about a program that a dystopian Japanese government does every year where they take a group of students from the Japanese schools and they're like 16, 17 years old. They take a group of, they take that school, take them to one of the Japanese islands and then it's a kill for all until only one is left and like brutal, brutal death. Yeah. I remember this movie. I never saw it, but it's been talked about and people would always Talk about it like, oh, it's good, but oh man, it's brutal. Like that yeah. was always with it. Is this aura of yeah. this is the most violent, and it is. But does it still I hold always, up, or is it? It more does. Like, no, it does. Yeah, especially when you compare it to the Hunger Games. Like that's what I feel. Like the the Hunger Games almost sanitized this premise. Did. Yeah. Because now looking back at Battle Royale, I'm not sure if I could even call it horror adjacent. But back when I was a kid, it definitely, it was like unanimous to me that it was a horror film because these were kids that were my age being killed in the most brutal ways by each other, you yeah. know? And some of them are friends in the movie and some of them commit suicide. It's all, it's it's a really beautiful and intense film. And actually, I'm not even going to lie to you. I like the first Hunger Games book. I th- And I did watch all of the movies. Mm-hmm. I 
kind of like some of the mythology behind that world. But overall, it really did sanitize and wash the controversy mm. of what Battle Royale was that now it seems to have kind of lost its meaning. Yeah. But just so we keep this in mind, like Battle Royale was banned from the United States for a couple of years like united states distributors refused to pick it up because they thought it was too violent yeah we don't we don't dig that kind of violence (laughs) we don't do mass shootings yet right (laughs) Right. although we probably had but it was um, 2000 yeah so it was right around columbine time that's right was it yeah was it like before or right after i feel like that timing was yeah part of that right yeah well i mean if you think about it this film has kind of had such an aftershock in america it's one of quentin tarantino's favorite films but he didn't list it as his favorite film until like 2009 so Mm. almost 10 years after it had been released I think it it kind of just took that much time for it to catch on. Like, I don't think I think it it was a huge uh, thing in Japan when it was first released. It was like this big controversy. But Japan really gave it a lot of love. It became a manga. I think there even was a sequel, but the sequel is known to be really bad. I never saw the sequel. The director of this movie died, I think, in post-production. So the movie was done. But he died during post-production. I think his son directed the sequel. Okay. And so that's why a lot of people... I never saw it, so I can't say it. But I love this movie because Japanese films... When we think of Japanese horror, we think of, you know, very specific imagery. And I think that is the bulk of what we can describe as J-horror. But I think the really beautiful thing about Battle Royale is it's a horror movie centered on the dystopian of being a young kid in a government that doesn't care about Mm, you. And then using the own government ideals to turn on each other. And the and the movie is gory. It's it is still straight up gory. I think if it would it was remade now, it would be more gory. But even for two thousand, it's still pretty gory. Like you see knives, cut up kids, and things like really? that. But I really just love how cohesive this film is. I love it's going to be twenty years soon wow. since it was released, and. I have watched bits and pieces of it over the last year to teach it to my kids and I stand by it. It's so good and it really did start a trend. So a lot of props to Battle Royale. Do you think um, for someone who's never seen it, who's only, but who has consumed Hunger Games content, do you think, what do you, how, uh, should I watch it? Oh, absolutely. I think it doesn't even compare. I think if because it's such a tour de force and it's so well made, like it's not cheap. It's not. It's just it's dark. It's brutal. It's it's funny. I'm even seeing Gen Z. I I follow a couple of Gen Z kids on Twitter just because like naturally it just happens. Yeah. And they've been repurposing the battle royale infomercial to make jokes on twitter now and i'm like man that's good because the battle royale infomercial is amazing so they open the film with 
the last successful battle royale where it was this little 10 year old girl that was the last one standing uh-huh. and it's this really iconic shot of this little girl in a pink dress drenched in blood holding a teddy bear smiling maniacally yeah. you know and then right after they show you that they show you the battle royale infomercial and it's like this j-pop thing where oh, she's nice. doing like a dance routine but literally doing choreography as to how to kill people so uh-huh. they did choreography about like shooting and killing each other but it's with bright colors and it's it's just a masterpiece it really is one of my favorite films ever i think Around this time, Suicide Club came out, which was another Japanese film. And I think that one is super dark and definitely a horror. And it's different. It's about uh, packs of teenagers that are killing themselves together, not killing each other, but rather dying together. Mm-hmm. And I actually teach that one for my Japanese horror class because it shares a lot of the same things as Battle Royale does, and it's it's done really well. I think I'm I'm a big fan of J horror, and I think if if I had to choose my crown jewel out of it, I would actually choose this one before These any Battle of the ghost Royale. movies. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if there's any other ghost movies on these lists here. Okay, so that was uh, number nine. Your mind. Number eight. That was your nine. I don't know. I don't like this counting system because that means I'm going to be number two. You know, it's weird. <laughs> no. I'm going to stay with my system. I'm number four here. Um, and this is another. Oh, no. Okay. Number four. Aterra- Aterradas. I swear to God, I can speak more Spanish when I don't have a microphone in front of me. Sorry about this. Aterrados. Aterrados. Okay. Um, which is terrifying. Argentina. Terrif- yes, terrified. Yeah. Argentina. Um. I can't pull the director off the top of my head. I didn't write it down here, but it is cool. I think it's Damien. Damien something. Damien something. Yeah. Um, really, really cool. And I can't remember scene for scene this movie quite as well as some of the other ones, but I remember how I felt when I watched it and it was scary at parts. It was fun. There was some tension and there are some parts to this movie that are really unique that I haven't seen before, or just not as familiar with. Um, so I would definitely would watch this one again, and I'm and I'm excited to watch it again, um, partially because I just don't remember all the all the the beats, um, but I think that they were really good. So number four, Aterrados. Very cool. Yeah, Aterrados was a good one. It's definitely one where I can say it's just not my Latin American bias going for it. I think I'm really excited to see what a remake does with it, even though I'm apprehensive what the American remake is going to look like. Yeah. But I definitely think that there are very interesting aspects to that film. And we discussed the first time just how things constantly shift and how it goes i think if anything the worst part about that film may might be the effects like the effects were kind of a little goofy yeah but i still think it was super effective i think it is something that should be screened and talked about more often we just reached out to the argentinian embassy to possibly do a screening of it there and i hope we're able to because i think this is a film that it's also like something that's also kind of good 
and I have this complaint actually with a Chilean film that I haven't wanted to discuss. But a lot of times the movies get that get traction in the United States tend to be really shock gore kind mm, of stuff. Yeah. Like there's this Chilean film that has like a lot of rape and, and trauma. It, it's called trauma and it's from oh, the last yeah, few yeah. years and it did well on the festivals over here, but it did well because a lot of the reviews were like, this is one of the most shocking gory films you'll yeah. ever see. Whereas I feel like Aterrados didn't rely on that. It really relied they, on its story. The, the one, yeah, it's just loaded in the front of it. And, uh, it was just really one moment that I think is kind of hyper violent, but then they they let the re- they let the story. That was the beginning scene, out. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But to see that at the beginning, I definitely thought, "Oh boy, this is going to be a whole ride of this." I think it's a misnomer, right? It's almost like it follows. It follows is probably my favorite American horror film, and we'll Jesus. possibly spoiler talk about that. We're gonna have a yeah episode, yeah, maybe. but. That movie starts off with one of the most violent, or rather, one of the most like gory things I've ever seen. And I was like, "Oh, great! This is gonna be effing gore the whole time." And then it it wasn't. Yeah. And I felt that way with Aterrados. I agree. That opening scene was brutal, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if I can handle like." Yeah. But it it yeah, I, it used it effectively. It's a good way to use it because it yeah. does put me on edge. It did. Whereas, uh, and it also does something that I'll mention for some of these other things. It makes me turn off from the movie a little bit, and just in the personal not liking it as much. But then, whenever I go from not liking a movie initially to liking it more, like when it wins me over, then yeah. oof, I end up really, really liking it. Yeah, I which think which is that's why a good I think choice. my top five is kind of some <laughs> some of the runts that it just like I didn't think I was gonna like, but then really ended up that's funny sticking with me. No, I agree with that one. I think that's a good choice. Aterrados has definitely been one of the finest finds that we've had. And you saw it in Spain. I saw it on a plane on my way to Spain. You saw it on a plane. And Clinton was like, oh, it's on Netflix. And then when I went to check, it's not on American Netflix, but it was on Spanish Netflix. Oh, sorry. It's only if you're staying in Barcelona. 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 Correct. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's a good choice. Thank you. Thank you. What you got for us? So my number four, I'll stick with the same language. Thank you. But we're going to to do Wreck. Have you ever seen Wreck? Is this W-R-E-C-K? R-E-C. No. Oh, as in record. As in record. I've seen the box art for this, but I don't know what it is. This is probably my favorite foreign horror franchise, hands down. Really? Because Where's this from? This is from Spain, and you know how I feel about Spain. Yeah. But I I think it's these films are are a masterpiece. I think that especially the first two ones should be discussed more. They are discussed pretty often, but How I, many of these are there? There're four. Okay. So, Rack is about a virus that takes over this really tall like apartment building and i think it's barcelona actually in barcelona yeah in a really tall apartment building in barcelona and they're essentially quarantined and then slowly everyone gets infected but i think obviously you hear that premise and you're like yeah okay like 
we've we've heard it before. But the really unique thing about Wreck is that there are four of those films, right? And the first one takes place within the same like two hours. Then the second one takes place right after the first one ends. So it's like really continuous. Mm -hmm. So in a way, you can technically watch these two films back to back and it's more like a four hour movie. Then Rec 3 is the prequel. So it talks about how the virus was formed. And then Rec 4 picks up right after Rec 2. And so gotcha. over the course gotcha. of all okay. of these. So it's like a was really continuous storyline. Like six years or something? Seven years this all happens? I think the films were released over seven years. And do, but these, break, the, do these break the sequel traditions of, you know, not living up to the original? Do they feel like... They feel each one Continuous. feels different, which is what I really love about it. Rec one and Rec two are very similar in tone and style because it's more or less the same characters and it's more or less the same progression, but you do learn more about the virus. So I think the actual really interesting thing too about Rec is that they approach possession movies through zombie movies. So there the whole folklore behind wreck movies is that possession is an infection that you get from a literal bacteria. So you're both possessed and you're also a zombie. And I thought mm. that was super interesting. I hadn't there hadn't been that twist before. And what I really like is that you do have the same main antagonist for the uh, all the four films she starts off as your protagonist but then it evolves over the four films Ooh. Wait, yeah she starts off as the protagonist and yeah. then she becomes the antagonist yeah that happens in the first one which i guess okay. is a spoiler but I, I don't think it's that much of a spoiler because there are sequels yeah. and you have to know the premise of the sequels yeah so in two and four she's a antagonist okay. but okay. some people cool. still view her as a protagonist so it's, yeah. a, it's a really fun film that plays around with genre tropes it plays around with storylines is and it fun or is it dark what's it's the super I, it, it's it's not necessarily like funny har har yeah but it's found footage so oh, really yeah it's huh. all found footage that's another thing really? i think the only one that's not found footage is rec three because rec three is a prequel movie and so they literally show it like a normal film yeah but rex one two and three that's why it's called i'm sorry rex one two and four that's why it's what? called rec rec which of these is is rec one on your list here is yeah, Rick One is the on the Rex? list. I I think it's probably the easiest to gauge. I think I like Rec Two the best. Okay, because Rec Two you start off the first five minutes of Rec Two is the last five minutes of Rec One. Like literally, they recap Rec One for you uh -huh. as you do Rec Two, and I think with that recap you could just get straight into the action. Whereas with Rec One you're building the world. Yeah. Um, the origin story exactly thing. so i i'm putting rec one as my number four but in general i think that these films are best to look at as a franchise i i recommend all four of them yeah they're all four really good i think it ends on a good note i think they're scary i think they're still scary it's 2007 and yeah no i really like these films and i think cool. you have to know i'm very picky yes. they have to be very good for me to like them this much but i really do like them um i that reminded me i think at some point we should also do a top 10 list for movie horror movie 
franchises because I, yeah. I have some that I liked and yeah. I like the whole franchise more than any one individual movie. Interesting. But we'll, yeah. we'll do that. We'll, we'll yeah, I actually agree with that. Movies. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> All right, so we ready for number three? Your number three. What's your number, number three? My number three is Les Garçons Salvages in the year 2017 the uh, american title wow boys <laughs> this is movie directed wow, by boys? really yeah i know over i'm not at just the trolling Hrados? you over what at the Hrados? i'm surprised so for me wow boys is the least horror ish movie on the list i think there could be a case to me that's not even horror it's horror adjacent. It's I think horror it's adjacent. as horror adjacent as Battle Royale. Yeah. I think it's fair. Okay. I don't know if if when I see this movie for the second time, I'm going to hate it, like totally turn on this movie. Um, but I do want to see it again. It's so weird. And it's campy in a lot of ways. And it has this old school vibe to it or pastiche thing going on. Is that, is that the right word? Pastiche? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm really, really curious and excited to watch this again. Um, I think the the weakest, what I would like, I, I would be most interested to see this movie if it was made by a woman. And I think that's what holds it back for me. Yeah. Is the entire message and motivating the entire creation of this right um is kind of highly questionable right you know there's a lot of potentially i don't know harmful things maybe in this problematic i think problematic. it's problematic problematic but i would i, I want to see cultural, this cultural yeah 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 there's and, and that right and how much of it is cultural and how much is right but uh yeah i would love to see this movie if this movie was made by a, a woman and an all-female cast right that would that would put it over the top for me yeah as it stands it's we it's straight up the weirdest movie i've seen that i also was entertained by that's interesting. Yeah. I really didn't enjoy it, but I have a really big problem with French films. I have a, I think French, that's why Knife Plus Heart, I mm-hmm. was so surprised. I loved it so much because I was like, wow, I, I get this one. Yeah. This one resonates with me. Wow, Boys was just too provocative for the sense of being provocative for me. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's easy to admire for all the reasons that you listed. And I can't see how you did like it yeah. and, and how you would like it. To I me, do- it's like um, trashy. It's yeah. like um, pretentious trash. Yeah. You know, and like, I think, we're going to do this yeah. most beautiful shit you've ever seen. And I think Beltran definitely, that's pr- that was pretty much like his uh his motivation yeah to do so he had mostly come from experimental films so this was his first like attempt at a narrative yeah it's it's interesting i'm surprised that you like it so much I but know. what's wrong hey, with me i think that's fair i still think like when we talked about it so we did this on the episode for distribution yes you, and all of mine are on previous episodes so i'll try to remind listeners where they are so the, on the film distribution episode i mentioned that i thought that if the U.S. government ever clamps down hard, yeah, they're gonna have a database and they're gonna say they're gonna see everyone who saw Wild Boys. 
and they'd be like, all you, you, all you perverts are going straight to jail. Um, oh my God. I still stand by that. It is provocative. It, it's absolutely provocative, uh, but interesting. Yeah, wow. that's my number three. Okay. My number three is going to be Suspiria. The uh, remake of it that you love oh so my much. God, I did finally see the remake. That was I. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. So you did not like the remake, but you, the remake but the was original. horrific. Is on your the number is where three. we get our name, Horspiria. Right. Right. Suspiria, yes. Here's our Sus- origin story. Suspiria, our origin story. Dario Argento, 70s, Giallo style, but actually technically not a Giallo. Because remember, Giallos are based on crime novels. They usually have that nexus. But the unique thing about Suspiria, Suspiria is that its folklore is around witches. Oh, that's awesome. And it starts a trilogy that has one of the craziest movies I've ever seen in my life called Mother of Tears in it. And one and day, that's the third one? And then- it's the third one, and yeah. it's the craziest effing film you'll ever see in your life. We've talked about this before. Yeah. We're going to watch it one day. Awesome. Yeah, so Suspiria, it was one of the very first films I ever saw. It was the very, I think it was the first horror film that I saw that I was like, oh, horror films can be beautiful, like visually. Like you could have bright colors and the gore can look like art and things like that. The thing that I really didn't like about the Suspiria remake is that it was gorier in unpleasant and unexplained ways so for example the suspiria original is 90 minutes long oh that's a sweet spot the remake is two and a half hours long no (laughs) exactly and and it just like makes no sense and i'm just like like, they don't use that yeah they don't they're like oh my god you gotta see this we need to put in another hour i don't need to see this woman being contorted for 15 minutes with no it was just like nothing it was it was clear it was just trying to get like a reaction out of you yeah and i'm like that's not what the original suspiria did you know it was like this tight stylish it's about a girl a young girl from new york goes to berlin to learn how to dance and that's where she meets the witches and ballet witches ballet witches yeah so there's dancing there's bright colors if you just make a movie i mean that's a big swing and a miss if you have a if you try to remake that and you fuck up ballet witches yeah no you just how you just it was insane yeah it was insane yeah the remake would have like these really weird abusive dance scenes where she was just like beating up the ballet dancer for 15 minutes and then we just move on to the next thing and i'm like why like what was the i i don't you know especially from a male director i'm like i in 2019 this new one luca guadagnino who did call me by your name and the big that's a big movie it was wow okay (laughs) yeah that mfr i mean he he loves like woody he's an asshole yeah he loves like woody allen and and yeah no speaking of french people so anyway Suspiria, the original, one of my absolute favorites. It will always be one of my absolute favorites. Landmark DC, the one on E Street does midnight screenings of it every month. I really want to go to one. Every month. They like dedicate to Suspiria. Yeah, they dedicate to Suspiria. Do people like yell the words at the screen like they do? No, but you know what's really funny? 
when Delia came to visit last year, she and I were both so shook at that because we love Suspiria so much that we bought tickets. But Delia and I sleep at like 10 o'clock. So it was 10 o'clock and we had to go out to D.C. And she and I were like, I don't even want to get my ticket refunded. It's let's just not go. Yeah. I actually wonder how much of the midnight screening economy is just people buying tickets and not going. You yeah. Know? Like, cause that's the, I haven't been in years. If I get a ticket, I'm getting it at like seven o'clock or in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. By that's, 10 o'clock. That's it's a different, seriously what it's a happened. World. Yeah. I really want to do a Rocky horror one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I used to do those as a teenager and even though I'm not a teenager anymore, I know that landmark does it. The theater right next to me does it, but I don't think I would go to one where I live just because I would be horrified of seeing my up. students. No. Oh, I'm, to see I students. Scared, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is such a college oh, that's area. Cool. They get to see their professor, you know, at a queer. Oh, she's cool. Like, oh, she's cool. <laughs> or maybe not. Oh, she's a nerd. Yeah, I don't know. But I would go to the one in DC because yeah. the one in DC, I, I feel like I could hide in. Yeah. Um, but y- that's something that you have to plan for. Yeah. Whenever I, I know that I'm going to be staying out past midnight, I'm like, I need like an afternoon nap. I need to make yeah, sure that a whole a whole routine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so are we on number is the next one number two are we yeah. already there yeah we're already oh on man number two. here we go have i got out of my troll picks <laughs> let's see <laughs> number two this one should be pretty obvious i don't know do you want to make a guess i think if i had to guess it would i know i can't even okay guess. the last circus or uh, uh, as it's known in spain um balada de trompeta triste yeah, um, I love that bonus pod of yours. It was oh, a good one. Oh, thank you, thank you. So yeah, for all the reasons mentioned in the bonus podcast, um, this is a uh, according to IMDb seven million euro budget killer clown movie. Um, that this was the first international horror movie that I can remember watching and really latching onto for the reason of oh. This could never be made in the United States. <laughs> like whoever funds yeah. you in the United States would never give you $7 million and then get the script back and be like, oh, it's a killer clown movie, but there's also like, it's historical fiction. It is. You know? It's about the Spanish and, Civil War. Right. Like they'd be like, um, okay, but how about we don't do that? And how about we, and Alex De La, De La Iglesia, who's the director he like has this way of changing halfway through the movie, two thirds of the way through the movie. It kind of starts to change directions and stuff and just go to different places. And it's, it's unlike any movie I've seen. It's very unique and yeah, it just couldn't be made here. They would never do it. Yeah, absolutely. I've done some reading actually over the summer on Alex de la Iglesias. He's really well known for using heavy metaphors into really absurd genre cinema. And I admire him for that. I actually, I still haven't seen it, but I definitely want to. I definitely want to dig into his other films as well. Yeah. There's still some I haven't seen from him too. Yeah. Some of his earlier stuff. And he's even done some things that aren't horror um that look less interesting but he's got some good stuff the the one i think i mentioned to um on the podcast the bar 
is on net was on netflix probably still is that's, did you that's um, a good entry point because it's crazy but not killer clown crazy do you like his films because they are so provocative i like them you know they're provocative but they but not overly so okay i know i'm gonna see stuff that yeah yeah it's not over the over the top gore and it's not over over the top sexual sexuality um yeah but i think i like it because i think um, this is gonna be a wild ride that's fair yeah yeah i i appreciate that yeah no good pick number I, I'm, two i'm surprised that's actually circus. number two <laughs> yeah okay so my number two is actually one that we've seen together I want to talk about Tigers Are Not Afraid. I knew it. Yeah. Yes. So this is one Tigers of Tigers Are Not Afraid. Yes. This is one of the ones that Clinton and I have seen in between breaks. We saw it, I think, about two or three weeks ago. We saw it in Woodstock, Virginia. Shutter bought up the rights to Tigers Are Not Afraid by Shutter the The streaming service. Yep. Shutter, we love Shutter. And they did a limited theatrical engagement because it's already engagement, now engagement, which yeah. is when you release something, but you don't. It's only like smaller. It's like yeah, it's like very few. Like Bruce Springsteen's about to do an engagement. Okay. Oh, ah. I wonder who's going to that one. <laughs> I'm gonna be the youngest person there. Oh yeah, happily so. Me and your dad. <laughs> oh my god. No. Yes. So we saw it and it was part of this cool thing that Woodstock, Virginia does. They do like a film club and we were like, oh, sounds so cool. Let's do it. And my goodness, Tigers Are Not Afraid. It was made in 2017, but it's only just been distributed now in America in 2019. And that has to be one of the best horror films I've seen in years 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 Issa Lopez is such an incredibly strong director I cried so much it still had elements of real horror in it you know I wouldn't call it horror adjacent or anything it's straight up a horror movie to me it's like a horror fairy tale Hmm. I call it a horror adjacent you would call it horror adjacent why? <laughs> <laughs> well, the horror it just the horror didn't didn't hit me frequently enough. Okay. Yeah. So you are heartless. Uh, no, I'm, well, kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. It it definitely but, does have a dramatic it's 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 almost like a fantasy. But yeah. you know what's funny? Pan's Labyrinth, I would say is straight up a fantasy, even though it's very much based in reality as well. But I think the majority of Tigers Are Not Afraid is based in reality. And you're not sure yes. if there are fantastical elements. Like you're yeah. not sure if like an anthropomorphic tiger is ever going to show up. Yeah. And you kind of have expected to. Yeah. But it, it, it was one of the most sharp scripts I had ever seen on screen. It was beautiful, poetic. I I can't talk highly enough about this film. What it, did you think well, about it? I liked one of the things I liked about it was that in contrast to some movies I've seen from Guillermo del Toro, um, that take place in like Spanish Civil War right. or just some other time period. I, I kind of, this movie made me realize that 
or, or think like, is it kind of a cop out to to do that? Because they're yes, it is so powerful. It is a cop out. Yeah, it's so powerful, and you have so many things you could say. That's just so direct place, to Mexico. Right, yeah, just taking place right now and in in your location with yes. with the people who are suffering today. Yes. Um. So yes. I, I appreciated that bluntness. Yes. And that courage to. Maybe it's just harder. Maybe maybe it's harder not it to is. seem heavy-handed or, because or preachy or something. It's actually more economic than that. A lot of Guillermo's movies that he's known for now have been financed through Spanish production studios. So it, The Devil's Backbone, which I made you watch for yeah. something else, was financed by was was Spanish was Spanish was financed by a Spanish production company as well. Yeah. So for him especially, it's definitely playing both sides. Whereas Isa Lopez is is absolutely, I think, radical. Yeah. It, it's a radical film. It's made for the time now. On the lore, like a bunch of, like Neil Gaiman has seen this film. And, and I think I really like his quote because he's like, this is the fairy tale of our times. And I mm. actually completely agree. It felt wow. like one of the most modern things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it didn't hold back. There is a really... A uh, big surprise, I think, in the third act that we like we both like jumped and we were yeah. like, D- did they just go there? Yeah. And it it, it just it, it was brutal. It was brutal in a really beautiful way, which is kind of a weird thing to say. But I really loved it. I also wanted to give a shout out to Culture Shock, which is a film that was also released this year, also by a Mexican female director, but it's part of the Hulu holiday horror series. And so she did it for 4th of July. So it was a half Mexican, half American production. And I also wanted to give a shout out because that was another really strong 2019 Mexican lady director killing it and doing better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but, I got to see that. You, you've said a lot of good things about that. Hulu yeah, the whole series. series is really good. They have this, the one for April Fool's is my favorite. Yeah. It's called I'm Just Fucking With You. Yeah. And it's one of the funniest things i have ever seen in my life and it was and but it was disturbing it was absolutely a horror film as well so yeah i rep that i would and, call it horror jason <laughs> and i rep tigers are not afraid one of the best movies i've seen in a very long time all and right now we're Your on number to one. our number ones now i am but a neophyte yes. in this international horror realm we know this um so next but i think that's kind of fun about a top 10 list top five <laughs> list is that it can change, right? Sure. So, right now, at the top of my list. Oh God! Let's wait. Let's the least troll pick of all of them. Okay, Jermall. Wailing. By really? this comes from our nation state episode. Um, wow. year two thousand sixteen. You know why painfully... I'm shocked by this? Are you? Yeah. Because it was one of the longest films so I've given. long. <laughs> and the first listener, yeah. Clinton and I saw It Chapter 2 together. And let me tell you. <laughs> that was long. That was long. <laughs> that was very long. This one was probably even longer. It's actually longer, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, two hours and 36 minutes. Yes. And, <laughs> you wrote it down. Yeah, to the dot. Um, Gok Seong is what yeah. it's called in let's see korean korean 
Uh, I didn't get to translate that, but I should have. Uh, directed by Hong Jin Na. Uh-huh. And damn, you came with, I with had, facts. Just, okay, yeah, I just, you know, you got to get that out there. Um, what was you, what was I going to say? Um, why this one? So, yeah, why this one? I love, like I was saying, if a movie turns me off and then gets me, <laughs> I'm in love. Okay. One of my all time favorite movies, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. I almost walked out of the theater after 10 minutes. I was Why? like, because Jim Carrey was point. on screen trying, like, being all mopey and serious. And I yeah. was like, F this man, you're a comedian, <laughs> this stupid, serious acting bullshit. Range. And then I sat through it and it, like, totally clobbered me. And I love it. So, Wailing is the same way in the okay. sense that when I saw the runtime, I was like, Fuck you, May. Fuck this podcast. <laughs> Fuck this movie. How dare you? I mean, how dare you? Two hours and 36 minutes. Um, but, and so I rebelled and I split it up. And because I was determined to watch this and not look at my phone. Because if I look started looking at my phone, it would be two hours. Would be I gone. mean, hello. It's a foreign film. Yeah. So, right. You can't, you can't even uh, get it unless you watch and read the subtitles. Um, yeah, this one is so, it's, it's a horror thriller and it's about a town where a virus, something kind of breaks out and you don't know, they're trying to pin it on the Japanese immigrant, but you don't know if it's true. You don't know what's true. Um, this scene, this movie has some iconic scenes and it's long but it's worth it it's worth it yeah no i i'm honestly so shocked that you chose this i'm proud of you i love this big beast of a movie it's it's character growth it has some funny moments too i think it's funny yeah even though to have the range and the but it's also deeply it's deeply Mystery, disturbing. Deep, deeply disturbing. You're you're also you never know where it's going. I mean, honestly, and and I'm we're gonna talk about the ending. Wait, no, you don't. No, you never talk about the ending. Absolutely not. No, I mean you got to make. I'm it, always so that's what shocked. Keeps you moving through the two hours and thirty it, minutes. It gets as dark as it does, and not because because we know Korean films are dark, but I'm always shocked it goes there because it's. It's profound and and it's it's beautiful in a really dark way. I think it's a beautiful film, and I think it has a lot of messages. I think that there's definitely that's why I chose it for the nation state episode. I think that there was a lot of different layers to it, and Korea just keeps they they just keep putting out really great hits, man. Yeah. The host was 2006. Before that, Memories of a Murder was 2003. They just found the serial killer from that film, too, which is crazy. In real life? Yeah. It was known as Korea's Zodiac Killer. And they just found the dude that committed those murders. But weirdly, Korea has a statute of limitations on murder. No way. Yeah, they do. So they can't try the guy. For the murder, even though like he admitted it, oh, it's without a doubt. What? Yeah, yeah. It, that sounds like a good movie. 
<laughs> and yeah, a terrible reality. So the guy that did the host yeah. did, and he did that one in 2003. Memories of he a Murder. He did a movie, um, is it like about the? No, it's about the serial killer. It's about him straight yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's considered a horror film. We just haven't seen it for How this podcast. How old is this serial killer now? He's in his fifties or sixties. Yeah, and uh, he he was he's actually he's all he's, all he's still now. locked up. No, he's oh, locked he, up. Oh, he is locked up. He is locked up else for something else. Yeah, okay. but he can't be tried for this crime. Anyway, but the but my point is, Korea really they know how to make these films. Yeah. I think that Korea in general, and we've talked about this. Korean horror films tend to be my favorite of the horror community. And I, some of these people, guys are friends, right? The uh, Bong. Yeah, they're all like guy, Park Chan-wook and, and that guy. They all yeah. kind of hang out. Because I do notice some, they do hit some sur- similar beats with some of the comedy in The Wailing and in The Host. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. I, don't know if just I also just saw Parasite, or... which is you Bong Joon-ho's new one. Yeah. Yeah. And that one was interesting. I didn't love it as much as I, I thought I would. I wonder what you are gonna think about it. Yeah, I especially don't know if I'm just a you full love fanboy now. Oh, or... I, I'm a I'm a full fan girl of Bong okay. Joon Ho. That's my number one. Go go watch the wailing. Go watch the wailing. All right, come my back. My number one is one that Clinton has denied me before, and it made me very sad. But I get my revenge now. Oh my God! What is it? It is Possession, directed by Andrzej Zulowski. And we cut it out of the Monstrous Feminine because oh, Clinton we thought did. we had too many we movies. We had too many movies. <laughs> we did. There was a time when you did the Korean ep- when we did the Korean episode, that was that was a lot. <laughs> I, I was How looking back did- four. Okay. Yeah. Four for my and one of them was two hours and thirty six minutes, and it ended up being your number one. That's true. So you know Sometimes what? Maybe the, possession would have been your number one. Like it's my number one. Been. So this was supposed to be in Korean horror. No, this was supposed to be in the monstrous, monstrous feminine. feminine. Monstrous this feminine. is my absolute favorite example of the monstrous feminine, and it's just one of the craziest films anyone will ever see. And it's directed by Andrzej Zulowski. Who's from? He is Polish. Is Polish. But the film was is based and shot in Germany, and Isabel Najani. Uh, she was in Nosferatu to the Vampire. Okay. She was... I call her lips. <laughs> she does have nice lips, though. Oh, my God. I would call her lips, too. <laughs> I love her name, though. Isabel Adjani. That is good. That is good. She's That's a, better than lips. Yeah, but but she, she's absolutely in, insane in this movie. She tried to commit suicide after this movie because it was such a dark role for her. Oh, my God. Yeah. and, Wait, and if when you this, when was this again? This is 1981. 81. So this okay. was around Berlin Wall time. It's very important to the film as well, that type of setting. And so Isabel and Johnny, the dude is Sam effing Neal. Sam Neal, Jurassic knows. Park, Hunt for the Wilder People, um, Wait, who? Which character? Uh, the main guy in Jurassic, in Jurassic Park? Park. Yeah, who's the name guy? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. No, that's the doctor. The other guy. There's another guy. Uh, yeah, the I, I think he's with Laura Dern. Okay. The, you know what's really funny, listener? I don't like Jurassic Park. Okay, Jurassic that's Park. That's not funny at all. <laughs> I hate Jurassic Park. Okay, I will Google his name. 
his character's name. I in Jurassic Park. I think it's Alan Grant, actually, now that I'm thinking. Damn, I got it. Yeah, okay. Alan Grant. Is the name of the Sam character Neal. in Jurassic Park? Yeah, it's the wow, name of the character in Jurassic Park. For a movie you hate. You're that was pretty bad. I don't know, right? Some, yeah. Um, okay, so. <laughs> yeah, so Sam Neill and Isabel Edgeon. Okay, so what it's about, it's another movie about divorce. Okay. But whereas The Brood, we definitely both agreed that it's like misogynistic and yeah, things like that. Yeah, that was pretty silly. In Possession, it has a strong sympathy with the monstrous feminine. Mm. I don't think it's viewed as abject, even though the stuff that happens in Possession is much more gross than anything that happens in The Brood. Yeah. The Possession really goes there in the sense that you can watch Possession in 2019 and you're like, am I actually watching X happen to X? You know what I mean? X, what do I say that again? X happen to X? What do you like, mean? like, I don't oh, want to spoil it. Oh, like, is this it. real? Yeah, like, because... Like, they really make the actors, like... Yeah. Choke each other kind of thing? Not that, that's not that like That's, like, tame. Yeah, <laughs> That's okay. tame compared to what they do in this film. Yeah. But it really... It's so well acted. It embodies that madness so greatly. And it's honestly iconic. Selena Gomez did a tribute to it with one of her music videos. Oh my so, god. You know it's which one? Uh Fetish, actually. Ooh, with Gucci Mane. Yeah. Hmm. It's a uh, I, I, I I should see the movie first. You should. I have it on Blu-ray. Ooh. Oh <laughs> yeah. It's it's excellent. Uh if I'm not going to lie to you. If there's one that I impress on all of you watching from here, it is that one. It portrays the breakdown of sanity, the breakdown of existentialism, the breakdown of a relationship Mm -hmm. so well. Yeah. And it still feels really fresh and traumatic. And I really love it. And I wish that people would study it more. I think it's, it's such a great find. Yeah. And I, I highly recommend it. All right. Um, is it a bummer? <laughs> <laughs> Define bummer. Um, what do you feel during and during the movie and after the movie? I think during the movie it's it's absurd. It is. It's absurd. Okay. It's definitely intense. You know, they're definitely they're definitely abusing each other. Okay. But it's also stylized and and kind of crazy. Yeah. It, I as you know, I really love that kind of G. It's not a giallo, uh, and it's and it's not even close to a giallo tonally. Like mm-hmm. it makes more sense than one. But it definitely like there's almost a science fiction element to it Hmm. and then there's this really romantic story behind it then there's like the horror aspect and i think it's one of the films where you never know what to really expect next yeah and that's one of my favorite things about international horror movies yeah and I think I my colleague watched this one because I wanted to teach it for the monstrous feminine. Yeah. And she was like, yep, you know, it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Really? (laughs) And and this is like, you know, someone that's watched her fair. She's a film scholar as well. Yeah. You guys must see all sorts of kind of crazy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, possession. I think it's so underrated. I think 
everyone should be studying it. I teach it for my classes. I can't wait for my class to watch it and for them to hate me. Yeah. But either way, you have to see it. Everyone has to see it. All it right. Is the best. Possession. Possession. And it's in English, even though it's pretty cross-cultural, but it's in English. All right, cool. Now I got some more movies to watch. Yes, sir. This was fun. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel, I feel good. good I do feel like I've got some more movies to watch. <laughs> um, now you mentioned yes. possibly doing a top 10 list on American horror. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's what we'll do next. So next we'll be going over American horror films. Spoiler alert. It Follows will definitely be on it. Be on someone's list. But we... Yeah, we talk so much. We focus so much on foreign stuff. I think it would be cool to actually rank stuff from our homeland because yes. there are a lot of options. Yeah, there are. Yes. There are. And I'm going to bring a fair amount of trash to the uh, Yeah, I believe. I actually completely believe that Clinton has seen more American trash than oh, I have yeah. because I'm so picky. Oh, really? Have you ever seen a movie called Bad Biology? No. So that's probably one of the weirdest American ones I've seen. It's definitely not going on my list. It's yeah. one of the worst things I've ever seen. Okay. But I, it's about what? That would be a perfect troll pick. Troll pick. <laughs> it's about a woman with two vaginas and a man with seven penises and they get together. But it is straight up a horror. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't seen this. <laughs> Bad biology. <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's pretty okay. nice. Yeah, so we want to thank you all so much for coming along on this ride. We're really excited for season two. We're going to do another one of these list things. And then, yeah, I think we're going to start exploring new topics. Always explore nations as we do. But, you know, it would also be really exciting to look at horror films through different filmmaking techniques or different themes like mm -hmm. the nation state. So I think you all should be hype about what we have planned next. Yeah, it's never going to be boring. Absolutely. We were talking about, we we're like, should uh, should the next season, should we like make Should we it, suck? Yeah, like bad. Should we suck? But we decided not to. We decided not to, no. And that's at cause of me, listener. Mm -hmm. No, I'm kidding. Save we the are... day. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope that you have a spooky October and we'll be catching you on the wave soon. Bye. <laughs>